0: STL Soccer Talk is brought to you by Closets by Design. Update your closet, garage, office, pantry, and more. Imagine your home totally organized. Call 1-800-BY-DESIGN. That's 1-800-BY-DESIGN. Well, greetings everyone and welcome. To yet another edition of STL Soccer Talk here at stltoday.com. I am Tom Timmerman of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and I am joined by... Carter Chapley
1: of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And we fled the St. Louis Post-Dispatch podcast and They found out we were doing the podcast finally.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes, we have now taken refuge this week at the remote podcast studio here at the uh, Washington University Orthopedics High Performance Center, or as we like to call it, WUPEC. Lovingly, lovingly, yes, indeed. Um, so anyway, so um, we have a special guest coming up on, on the show and talking with uh, uh, St. Louis City and Canadian International uh, Kyle Hebert, uh,
1: certified public accountant, chartered accountant. I don't know what the right phrase is, but
0: yes, a
1: soccer player who likes numbers.
0: Yes, uh, though, and though we didn't get into soccer analytics, we talk about accounting and dairy farming. And Canada, it's a wide ranging. But we also discuss soccer, uh, so it's uh, it gets it gets you all sorts of things. Um, This is a also a different edition because uh, City has lost for the first time, and we need to kind of address the fact that this is no longer the perfect undefeated, uh, every time a victory, uh, (laughs) St. Louis uh, City uh, SC. It is now the five and one, St. Louis City, and. you know, the team's take on this was we weren't going to go 34-0, that there was going to be a loss sooner or later. And that doesn't mean that they were approaching games with a defeatist attitude. It's just, you know, they're not, gonna, they're not kicking themselves, even though they're the most qualified people in this town to kick themselves mm-hmm. if it ever came up. Uh, they could kick it with more style and finesse than. Is anyone's. there a battlehawks kicker who could join the the club? I don't. I'm not, uh, sure. I'm not sure.
1: I don't know. I, it, I appreciated that they had the approach of uh, process over results. They still felt like the process of the game was good. Mm-hmm. Maybe they got unlucky in a few case scenarios. Some balls mm-hmm. that had gone in in previous weeks didn't this week, mm-hmm. but they may again in the future because they're doing all the right things still. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I, I I appreciate an approach that leads to process rather than. Oh, we scored five goals this week, but we didn't do it in a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus, we scored none, but we felt really strong about it moving forward. I feel like that's the right foundational approach. You know, when it's the playoffs. I don't really. I, I, I guess they wouldn't really care how the ball goes in, mm-hmm. just that it goes in. Mm-hmm. In week six of a season where you are inevitably going to lose at least one game, mm-hmm. you, you 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 value process over results.
0: Yeah, and I think if you look at that game and you say they were. Right there, it very easily could have gone the other way. It would yep. not have taken, uh, you know, some tremendous shift of events for City to have either won that game or tied that game. Um, they went 0 for the breaks. They and some of them were breaks they didn't take advantage of themselves. Mm-hmm. The chances in the first half that they could have um, scored on that they didn't, uh, and they came close. And uh, Minnesota got a penalty kick call uh, and was able to score. St. Louis did not get the penalty kick call. Uh, certainly, in the stoppage time of the of the game, uh, and in the last ten minutes, plenty of scoring chances. Uh-huh. Uh, they, you know, and just, you know, there were days in which, in those previous five games, where, you know, they were in the right place at the right time, and they finished the chance and the finishing just wasn't there and in the whole game they were a little bit off it was yeah. just you know and and not in sync and you know is one of those things people say is you, know, you you can learn more you know the lessons from a loss are you know more easily taken than lessons from a win you win and you don't do things right it's like they don't quite make the impact. But when you lose a game, it's like, okay, we didn't. We have to be better mm-hmm. on that. And that lesson hits hard. And I think that's what they're looking at this week. And they need it because they've got a very good Seattle team that they will be venturing to the Pacific Northwest uh, to play on Saturday. Is it fair to call
1: Seattle the legacy program of the MLS? They, they are, I mean, they're definitely not one of the original, the founding members, if I'm remembering they're correctly. Not, yes. But they ha- have been one of, if not the most successful Clubs in the league's history, but both from a kind of revolutionizing soccer fandom, building soccer specific stadiums, um, though th- they play in an NFL stadium. Play in NFL stadium. But,
0: but that's because they can play in an NFL yeah, stadium. Yeah, because
1: they have so because they have because they have
0: Because like, they get 60,000. They, they
1: have a rabid fan base. It feels yeah. like this is one of the, the marquee franchises of MLS com- compared to even though, like Minnesota, is a um, a, a very good team, they are not mm. the same degree of. Uh, Portland, another example. A very good team they are. Mm-hmm. They do not hold the same cachet, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I far off yes.
0: on that? No, definitely. Seattle, uh, one of the early expansion teams, mm-hmm. um, but a tremendous following, a, an incredible atmosphere at, uh, at Lumen Stadium. I find it fascinating that the game that... Edu Leuven will be <laughs> playing in Lumen Stadium uh, there in uh, in Seattle. So it seems like it seems appropriate in uh, in some way. Did it have no- another name at one point? I'm trying. to It, it did. I it, can't it, remember. It, okay, it's a fairly
1: recent okay Cha- name change. change. Okay, yeah, it's
0: it's a stadium. Um, so, uh,
1: but that's a definitive game in terms of the history of because while I I do like getting into the, the tactics of it, I do feel like maybe perhaps some of our listeners aren't as aware of the history of MLS, mm-hmm. and so to highlight a team like Seattle, who has won an MLS Cup, won a supporter Shield, just went to the um, the Club Cup, World the Club World Cup, Cup um, and
0: then Concacaf Champions League, they, they
1: are one of the high profile the the, 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 the Barcelona. Uh, the the Real Madrid, the Paris Saint-Germain of of MLS to a certain extent, and that they are a cut above both culturally and success-wise.
0: They they are. They are uh, everything that the league would like uh, all of its franchises uh, to be. Um, But, um, yeah, they haven't had to build a soccer-specific stadium because... They keep selling out a football one. Yeah, so why not? Um, You know, interesting to note, I was just looking at Soccer America magazine's power ratings for this week and the top three teams, and i I'm probably wrong on the exact order, but the top three teams are are Cincinnati, Seattle, and Minnesota, huh. which is this three team, three game run yeah. that city is in right now. Very difficult stretch of games right now that city is in, and so uh, they lost the first one to Minnesota. Going to be very tough yeah. going to Seattle, and then they'll get Cincinnati uh, back here uh, at City Park. So escaping with a point would be. A, a, a major success yeah. going into Seattle yeah I mean if they can if they were to go 1-1-1 one, one, and one over these three games and I think we may have talked about yes. this last week yeah. that that would be a you know uh, a, a very good result uh, mm-hmm. for them out of this and uh, I think Minnesota may have been actually the most winnable of the bunch because they're at home and Cincinnati's playing incredibly well so uh, this is a, this is a challenge. This will be another challenge for them uh, on uh, on Easter Eve, uh, or Holy Saturday, or uh, as uh, as uh, you may go, um, yeah, Passover so, weekend. Passover weekend. Um, so yeah, this will this will be a, a big challenge for them uh, this weekend uh, as they venture and a long trip, and they're again another one of these things that like we don't
1: talk about with other leagues in in the world is these just like. Excruciatingly long road trips where you're flying across t- three different time zones uh, mm-hmm. for one game. In like, w- what did I say? The equivalent was to Portland. It was like flying from Moscow to London. Yeah, like equival- from an equivalency, which is mm-hmm. like just unbelievable. And they, yeah. th- this is they will now be doing this for three consecutive yeah. here, there, and back agains. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, and
0: in some time, some ways, I think that the trip back may be the worst because they fly into mm-hmm. the game that they they get in at you know six a.m. on uh, you know, and Yeah. You know, so that that's these these trips take a toll. Um. So, but and in some ways, though, St. Louis has it a little bit better because they're centrally located. Uh-huh. Uh. And you know, I don't know how often you know Miami has to make the trip to uh, Seattle or uh-huh. Vancouver or Portland, and that's you know a very long trip. Uh. As well, but I do think, and I should do the math at some point, that's, city may travel more miles uh-huh. than any team. Uh, In MLS this year, Minnesota would be probably the the competition. Kansas City and
1: Chicago will be... respites, a, uh, yeah. a place to hide in terms of travel. It'll mm-hmm. be downright simple uh, yeah. to, to get in. To, yeah. I mean, they, they probably wouldn't but to get in a team greyhound and just like yeah. relax and yeah. rather than having a fly for four, five, six hours just yeah. to get out there.
0: Yeah, uh, Five and one after six games has got to be as, you know, oh. as good as yeah. to be expected and just the fact that they lost the sixth shouldn't take anything away from the start. No. And it certainly does not discount anything they did because it showed, Minnesota showed uh, they can be competitive with those guys. They have been competitive in every game they played. Uh, Minnesota's a, a pretty good team, um, so
1: you play yeah. that you play that game ten times. There's a different outcome all ten times. A one a one zero loss wasn't inevitable. It was uh, it could have been three two. It could have been three one two nothing. You play that game ten times. You get a hundred times. You get a hundred different outcomes. That that's how mm-hmm. e- even it mm-hmm. would have been.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so on that note, we're going to turn the, uh, the podcast over to our conversation uh, with Kyle Hebert. Um, and uh, as always, invite you to subscribe to the post dispatch, STLtoday.com, um, support local journalism. Uh, we have this podcast, we have our video uh, weekly sessions uh, that we have, uh, all sorts of ways to get uh, the most uh, thorough and comprehensive uh, St. Louis City SC. Uh, coverage uh, around. So um, we'll now turn it over to, uh, to, to us and Kyle, but um, and for, for this section of the podcast, we'll be seeing you. Well, we are joined now in the remote STL Soccer Talk podcast studio uh, by Canadian international soccer player, Kyle Hebert, also St. Louis City center back. Kyle. Thanks for joining us here in the podcast studio.
2: Yeah, thanks, Tom. (laughs) Thanks, Carter. Thanks for
0: having me on. And and I got to say that I am the only person in this room who does not have a Canadian passport. So I am in the minority. In this little portion of Canada or green, South. Or a green card for that matter. Or, yes. Or a yeah. green card
1: for that matter. Yeah, We're, we're, so, we're both uh, domestics now, I believe, under the rule. You, you have a marital based green card? Yeah, I do. Okay, I on do. the record. Yes. Marital yes. based green card. Yes, I do. That finally. That
0: well. came in like two weeks ago. Marital, so, oh, like, congratulations. Yeah, we're all, we're, we're all set there finally. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's, everyone's legal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll start out with Canada. I, and now, we were just dusting, talking about this off microphone before we started, but beautiful winnipeg Mm. and i gotta say i've been to winnipeg but every time i've been there it's been like freezing cold and it's been like you know below zero celsius and snow on the ground it's beautiful in the summer i imagine but i for my my experiences with winnipeg pretty darn cold
2: yeah i mean winters half the year so you (laughs) got six months of uh of snow and ice and cold and then the summers the summers are beautiful but they're they're short, and there's a part of that too where you kind of you enjoy it almost more just because the weather. I mean, you get the season of St. Louis too, where it's like you know when now when we're starting to get some warmer weather, you're mm-hmm. you're extra thankful for that change in temperatures. Whereas if you live in California and it's the same temperature all year, mm-hmm. maybe you take it for granted.
0: Yeah, and I always wonder, for one, I wonder how, how people live there. Uh, and I realized inside, inside, inside,
1: mostly,
0: yeah, because yeah, yeah. I imagine that going back, you know, however many hundreds of years when it was, you know, the, you know, natives living there. But I, why would you, I would think that they would just like you know want to pick up and you know head someplace further south or something? But I
2: guess they weren't people, people, <laughs> people, people, person. No, yeah. no.
0: people, people. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they were. Yeah, what brought the Hebert family actually to Winnipeg? How did uh, you
2: know? There's there's a lot of farmland in southern Manitoba, and so uh, both. On both sides, my grandparents were all farmers. Uh-huh. Um, my dad was a farmer for most of his life, too. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what brought us there. We settled just south of Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. What kind of farming? Wheat? Uh, yeah, uh, a, lot of, a lot of grain. from Wheat, barley, oats, corn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my dad was actually dairy farming for a while as well. So some mm-hmm. cows. I grew up on a dairy farm.
0: Wow. This is going to be a digression that I'm sure the listeners are going to be fascinated. No, but... I mean, my father was a dairy farmer in Southern Illinois. Okay. But sold the farm two years before I was born and moved to Los Angeles. Yeah. So had I had they not done it, I would have been. I mean, I am the son of a dairy farmer. Yeah. yeah. But um, I, I missed out on the joys of milking cows and things like that. He would on Christmas tell stories about getting up, walking through the snow, going out on Christmas morning and milking cows, and we would sit there and say, "Thank God." <laughs> <laughs> that we don't have to do that
2: yeah dairy farmers don't get a vacation no. it's 365 days a year the cows uh, they're always needing to be milked twice a day and so yeah. i mean there was him and another guy so occasionally they could rotate or whatnot but mm-hmm. uh, it was it was a lot of fun i loved it as a kid growing up you had a ton of space mm-hmm. um, you could go out and i thought i was helping but i was five or six years old so <laughs> Looking back, I probably wasn't doing that much to help on the farm. But <laughs> uh-huh. I thought I was indispensable to the operation. But, but you milked cows? Uh, not
0: by hand, but yeah. I helped with an automated them. system. Automated system. it onto the yeah. udders and yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the Timberman family farm was the first automated uh, farm, dairy farm in Clinton County, Illinois. Oh, so we were we were pioneers yeah like,
2: yeah uh, maybe we, we wouldn't have been automated if you guys hadn't started <laughs> yes, in Illinois uh, and slowly yeah, so it went north we're, we're, to, that's right north yeah. To Winnipeg yeah
1: men of the future
0: yeah wow. it's I credit my father for uh, for doing that um, but we we digress because <laughs> we have titled this thing STL soccer talk and not STL dairy talk though is fascinating for me but maybe not for the listeners but you just had a chance to go back to Canada play for the Canadian national team um, your first time, and your first senior cap, you had some age group. How big a deal? How great was that?
2: Today? Yeah, I mean, that's something I i thought about since I was three or four years old. Mm-hmm. You know, kicking a soccer ball around, you always want mm-hmm. to. It's a dream to represent your country, to play for to play for Canada. And I recognize that, you know, some people talk to me and say, well, now you're a green card holder, you could represent <laughs> the states. And I think the dream was always Canada. That was something I took... Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of pride in and then just seeing, you know, everything they had accomplished mm-hmm. this last World Cup cycle to, to get back to the World Cup after 36 year dry spell. And then mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, North America is hosting and so Canada will be in the 2026 mm-hmm. World Cup. And so now to mm-hmm. be able to have my name in that pool of players and hopefully you know get another opportunity to go back, I, I would love that and, mm-hmm. and continue to try to show and impress.
0: Yeah. And these are glory days. This is as good as the Canadian team has ever been
2: yeah no there's uh, there's so many good players and you see it in training um, I mean Alfonso Davies Kyle Larin Jonathan David like these guys are um, Tejon Buchanan um, Ali Johnson I mean just to name a few these are mm-hmm. these are top top players at the European level
0: yeah what do you think made that happen what, what made this change in this generation of Canadian players? including yourself is doing as well as it is yeah I
2: think there's once you start to get maybe a couple of guys who are saying hey we want to represent Canada and Canada's at the World Cup Mm -hmm. now there's this draw for some of these dual nationals so you'll get Mm -hmm. someone who was born in Canada and then now he's lived in Portugal Mm -hmm. uh, maybe like Estacchio who's playing at Porto Mm -hmm. and maybe he could have tried to get in Portugal's might have been harder to get in but Mm -hmm. hey Canada's good so now he's in with uh, the Canadian national team doing really well um Mm -hmm. So I think yeah a culture of of winning and success breeds more you know and bringing in that kind of top talent.
0: Have you ever actually seen the Canadians play the senior team in person? Uh no I haven't. So that was your first your first time in the game in Curaçao? Curaçao. So the first yeah. time you'd actually seen it? and watch it in person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, was that just must have been, even if you didn't get in the game, it was just fun to be there and oh yeah,
2: be a part of it. You know, be a part of a, a win. It was important for us in the nation's league and um, mm-hmm. support the guys. You know, from mm-hmm. a different from a different side, but it's a great group of guys, so they're easy mm-hmm. to support and cheer on. Yeah, how big was the crowd in Curacao? Uh maybe I want to say eight thousand. Well,
0: not too bad. Yeah, it was
2: a smaller stadium, so it yeah. probably was near capacity.
0: Yeah, and then uh, was it was a sellout in Toronto for the. Year?
2: I don't think so. I think it was maybe ten or fifteen. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, they have that expanded stadium now for the World Cup, so I'd imagine that perhaps maybe not the whole stadium is even available at this point. i got to defend my home city at that point. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. fact that we're not selling out a, a, a World Cup game, or a, a World Cup-caliber uh, qual- team, to me yeah. is uh, a, little, a little disappointing. But you did you expect to get an opportunity in that second game in Toronto to, to, to get your, your number called and get in the game? at the... The manager told you that that might be something that happens
2: no no I mean he said and it was something like you're always going to be prepared you know you warm up right and you, you go through went through my routine exactly the same as if I would be playing or something like uh, I, I didn't expect to you know mm-hmm. and but then when he said you know hey the one center back is a hamstring injury he pulled me and another center back Dom who was wanting to cap two for Canada and so I was like ah oh, it's you know, he's such a great guy, so I'd be like, if Dom would have gone in, I would have been real happy for him. And then if I would have, if my number was called, I was, I kept, I'd never subbed into a game before. I don't know. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so I just like, I saw the other back he was off. And so I just ran onto the field and they kept trying to call me back. Like, hey, you can't go on yet. And you got to go through the whole thing with the numbers. Yeah. And I just never paid attention to that. I've just always either started the game or not played. You know, it's never really been one where I sub on with 30 minutes left. Wow. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I say, exactly. the Curacao game, a rare game that you watched because every game last year for City 2, every game so far for City that you've been available for, you're in the lab. I'm sure Missouri State, every game you were yeah. out there. So yeah, watching a game from the bench is, has been very different as well. Yeah, it's a whole other perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, but you got in the game. Got in the game, so, yes. You got in the game. And then, yeah. and And then you came back here and got in the game again so even though you had played on tuesday you were uh, easily jumped back into the lineup here And never ever any doubt about being available for uh, for saturday's for last saturday's game with minnesota
2: no i mean i've got great trust in the coaching staff uh whatever decision they make and they asked me like, hey are you ready you feel good and i was and so uh, mm-hmm. yeah they slotted me right back in
0: the 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 fitness level is something because you played almost every minute tell me about your approach to fitness and the training and to be prepared to be able to play 90 minutes every game and you played every every game
2: yeah no I think it's it takes a, a high level and a, um last year was the first year where we had a season from you know March through and we kept going through November trying to get ready for that Leverkusen game so college season was always a lot more condensed so a lot games in shorter periods of time but a, a much smaller season so I mm-hmm. think Last year was excellent preparation. Just knowing kind of you want to work hard and push yourself each day. Mm -hmm. But it's important also when you get the day off, you know, during the week. Like I'll just, Mm -hmm. you know, make sure I take a day and even mentally. So when you come back in on Tuesday, it's like I don't want to leave the field again. Like I'm excited Mm -hmm. to be out there. So I think Mm -hmm. it's a fitness both physically and mentally to not be drained and also have your body be ready as well.
0: The saying is always, as you move up levels, the game gets faster. Was the, was the Canadian game, was that faster? Was that even a different level from MLS? Or is it at that point in time, is it, is it kind of maxed out?
2: Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it, was, um, it was definitely a different game in terms of Honduras. I think they had prepared to sit in and hit us on the counter and hope to score early. Mm-hmm. And so they were prepared to be sitting in a low block. But when I came on, we were up 3-0. So they were like a couple of guys they were trying to press, but I think their philosophy had been to sit in. And so I think because of that, it was I had more time on the ball than you would in the last 30 minutes of a game than you're winning. So it was Mm -hmm. the game, and we were moving it around, um, I think doing a good job. And so it was not like crazy frenetic or high-paced to come Mm -hmm. into that game, which I think it was good first game. And now it's, you know, hopefully if I get another opportunity... I imagine to start a game in the Nations League 70s, the game's going to be faster and moving quicker.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, You came back, and you were, unfortunately, the first loss ever for City SC. How did you look at that game and how the team played? Yeah,
2: I think collectively we felt like we were just a little bit off it in terms of Mm -hmm. maybe a step late where we had been on time before or just a step stretched. You know, they stretched us a little bit, and we're picking up second balls. With uh, well, that being said, we still had a lot of quality looks, and and you know they've been going in three goals a game to to start the year, and, and they didn't go in against Minnesota. Um, but we recognized we weren't going to win every single game this year, mm-hmm. and so even the one where we did lose, and we felt like we were off it, it was still a tight one nothing game where we had chances down down to the wire, mm-hmm. and so I think that's encouraging. Um, yeah, I'm usually very the night the night of I, I was pretty down, and then try and when I wake up the next morning, you know, learn from it, you know, watch the film and learn from it and then move on. Um, mm-hmm. It's important not to, to dwell too long on the losses, or the wins for that matter, because mm-hmm. you got to win and then be excited, and then the morning of, see the film, you know, shake your hands and, and move on mm-hmm. to the
0: next one. Yeah, what was, what was the film session like for, uh, for this game? Yeah,
2: I mean, still, it's still a combination of, of good and bad. Things like, hey, this is where we were on a little bit, or here's where we did it right. And then here's, you know, kind of what we want to improve on the ball, off the ball, some of our ball tempo, you know, being a little bit more vertical and playing quicker in, in transition and then mm. kind of adapting to, they, they played us differently than probably, mm. I would say, maybe everybody else did. I'm mm. trying to think if anyone did where they kind of had four up against our back line, one or two passes, and they were hitting it long and, and fighting for seconds. And so mm. we, we've, uh, we got a little bit stretched, I think, hurt us then picking up some of those second balls.
0: Yeah, but as you we were saying, you guys were right in that game, and if the they don't get the penalty kick, and you guys get a penalty kick, I mean, it's yeah, it, they, they it, would
2: win that game, and yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. it could easily flop there. It could have been a tie very easily, and it, it, it was not as though you know you were outclassed anyway. You were every bit as good as Minnesota yeah. was on yeah. that day, and Minnesota is again a pretty good team. It looks like uh, this season.
2: Yeah, and I mean it's kind of it's kind of how it goes. I mean, I think the Austin game, pretty even game between both of us. I thought we were the better team in the Austin game, but again, you know, one or two bounces that that don't go our way, and that game's maybe a draw or mm-hmm. or a loss. You know, mm-hmm. so it's just you know, soccer's just a game of inches and, and small mm-hmm. moments. You know, all over the field, especially yeah. in the boxes.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it's pretty clear that you guys are every bit as good as. These other teams, there's no gap. There's, you know, mm. as far as expansion teams go, you're not one of those down there bottom dwellers. Yeah. Bottom, yes, you are definitely not. Uh, yeah. Right? Is that the the perception that this team now has gotten through six games? Yeah, 100. percent I've got, uh, you
2: know, all the faith in the guys in this team that, that we are a good team and that we're gonna, mm. you know, we're gonna win more than we lose if we stick mm-hmm. to our process and our principles.
0: What's the internal competition like on this team? Because you've got other center backs, John Bell, who's got MLS experience, and he's got, you know, it's throughout the lineup. There's like guys who are trying to get in who can't. Selner Pedro hasn't been able to get in a game yet, and he certainly has ample qualifications, and coach says he's doing great in practice. What's the internal competition?
2: Yeah, it's high. I think, you know, our internal competition drives our game day. That's something that, when I talk about the process, that's that's a big part of the process is that you get to go out. and That's the, one of the hardest things in professional sports or college sports is you got to go out and give it your all and compete and you're fighting for jobs. But then simultaneously, you got to be a team. And on game day, you want to support each other. Um, and so that's why I, I had that. I think back to the Curse Out Canada game. I was fighting for that center back spot get a chance to play on that Saturday. I didn't get it. It's like, okay, I have an opportunity now to support my teammates in a different role. And so I think... It teams fall apart when a you don't have that competition or B you don't have that support. And I think to this point in the season we've had both, so that's a credit to every guy
0: on the roster. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's amazing that the in putting this team together, what Lutz and Brad did is that there's talented players, but there's also players who are getting along quite well and it's, there are no you know I. I I've, Carter's had to edit this out of a previous podcast, but... but, but I have the uh, bleep sound ready. Don't uh, worry about it. Uh, Celio Pompeo saying there's no d on right. this team. Celio's on the record saying that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I haven't been able to get yeah. it in the paper, though. So Fair enough. But it seems like that's the case. You've I mean, got do podcast just for bleep. Right, right, <laughs> right. It's, it's a good collection of, of players, but it's also a good collection of human beings.
2: Yeah, no, and I think there was great intentionality in doing that and then we kind of was it was a thing when we were at the second team me and a couple of guys in the second team me and Celio and actually Josh Dolling or Keel or mm-hmm. these guys or these first team guys are coming in and you're always anticipating because you know how a lot of locker rooms go like oh this guy's going to be a guy in the locker room who's great on the pitch but you can't stand in the locker room mm-hmm. and it just didn't happen And each guy that came in, all of a sudden, you know, Roman comes in and Klaus and Edu and Joachim and Tomas and Isek. Mm -hmm. They're all, you know, quality footballers, but just down to earth, humble guys you can have a laugh with in the locker room. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what makes, you know, driving in to work every morning, you know, I thank God for the quality of the people we have here. And that comes before, you know, the results on the field. Mm -hmm. I think that causes the results on the field as well. That bleeds into it for sure. Mm -hmm.
0: This Saturday, big game. Yes. And not that they're not all big, but Seattle we considered maybe the best team or one of the best teams in the Western Conference. What have you seen about them?
2: Yeah, I mean they can they can score goals in bunches. They're uh, you know they know how to play on their turf really well. Um, they they'll have that home field advantage, and so um, you know strong structurally defensively, and so we'll be we'll be ready for them. Um, but it, it'll be. It's going to be a fight. It's going to be a battle for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. For people that haven't gotten to know you, because some people weren't paying attention last year, you went to Missouri State. where you majored in accounting? Yes. And do, did you get a, a? Do you have multiple degrees? Because you were my, there a long time. Yeah,
2: my master's in accounting, and then a couple of certificates as well.
0: And what is? What was the appeal? What did you like about accounting? Uh, I think it was
2: just knowing. There's a lot of different ways you can go with majors in college sports and a lot of guys gravitate (laughs) towards what's the easiest major I can get Mm -hmm. so I can just focus on the sport that I'm in. And my approach was different, was like I wanna get a major where and there was one or two classes in accounting, which, you know, I would call them major switching classes Mm -hmm. It made people, they would try the class, they couldn't do it and they would switch. So Mm -hmm. there's value in something when it's hard to achieve or it's hard to get. That's Mm -hmm. what makes it valuable. And I knew an accounting degree from Missouri state was something that was going to take a lot of time and dedication. And that was going to make it valuable coming out is that there weren't going to be just oodles and oodles of people who would have, you know, that kind of accounting degree or masters in accounting, um, I knew I wanted to step in the business world. I still, mm-hmm. I feel like it opened the most doors for me. Um, post-soccer, actually, I've done a little bit of stuff mm-hmm. you know, during the soccer career as well. Mm-hmm.
0: And since we're now in April, I mean, you in the past have done tax returns? I have, yes. Yeah.
2: But I'm, none this year? I'm just doing my own this year, yeah. um, but it's, it's complicated. It's got withholdings from 12 different states and mm-hmm. some self-employment income from my wife. And so it'll be good, it'll be a good practice for me um, just messing around with that one in the software and mm-hmm. seeing the changes and then getting ready to down the road hopefully mm-hmm. be doing other MLS guys returns as well, you know, on my own through Archford.
0: In well next year we have to because of your we have Canadian income from next year because of the national team?
2: Yeah. Up? That'll actually it'll get I might have Canadian withholdings but I'll just have to file one return, fortunately. So mm-hmm. I won't have to file a Canadian return as well.
0: Yeah, What is the appeal about, about tax returns? About do Because you, you apparently enjoy, enjoy doing them.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would say more so just knowing, and here's where you could relate it to soccer, just knowing if you want to, like I want to help people with their money. Mm-hmm. And so I would say maybe half of that is really understanding the complicated U.S. tax system. Mm-hmm. So you have a really good basis for that because that's people's biggest expense is their taxes. Mm -hmm. Then you can help them in terms of, you know, uh, 401ks or IRAs or just 529 plans. You can help them then manipulate and move their money all legally, but in a way that reduces that expense either now or in the future. And you can help people set themselves and their families up for success. Uh, So that's the part, like you just know you gotta do it. Kind of like in off season in soccer, like I know I love the games, So I gotta run in a straight line a whole bunch or go for Mm -hmm. a three mile run. Not Mm -hmm. that I I don't love the running, but you just know you have to do it if you wanna do something that you Mm -hmm. love.
1: So Mm -hmm. is the the long term goal to be star center back in addition to the people's of the players' CPA? Like, is that the kind of, like, long-term... Like, to, like you mentioned doing other other players' mm. tax returns for... Like, helping them with that kind of stuff. Yeah, is yeah. that, like, a, a business model that you're looking to pursue one day? Maybe not, like, immediately, mm-hmm. but it's an interesting... I I, I, I I find it at least very interesting, because when, when we talk to professional athletes, the first thing on their mind isn't, like... Another job, right? (laughs) Right. But there seems to be not just like in the same way that you're passionate about soccer, you're passionate about the 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 the, the puzzle that is taxes. Is that is that something that you want to pursue professionally in addition to being a star center back?
2: Yeah, yeah. And actually, Archford has has really set me up well in that they let me do as much or as little as I want to do. So I can just be focused on soccer, and if I have a couple hours, they're like, "Well, come do some more work." which is a really rare kind of business environment to be in where they just let me. It's like, as I told them, and they knew and they understood, like, soccer is my, you know, I'm not going to, if I have accounting in soccer, it's never going to be a question. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I said that, like, basically in my job interview. and They're like, yeah, that's what we expect. And they actually have an MLS division, so they're starting to do that. So it's not something I'm going to have to jumpstart on my own. Um, and I think it could open a lot of doors and windows. And I do like to, you know, I started in college where I wrote down, you know, in Excel, like every expense and revenue item that I would have each year and so I could track it. So I've got income statements and balance sheets of my own going back to (laughs) 2017, which I think is a a pretty odd thing for a college athlete to do that. I would yet to meet another college athlete who did that same thing, so I was alone on that one. Uh,
0: Got any favorite uh, soccer-related tax uh, advice? we, we, I think we talked about this once before that jersey exchanges don't that's not taxable income if you swap jerseys after a game it's a fair trade so fair it's, trade uh, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. you exactly no through
2: the CVA you get a certain number of, of free jerseys um, mm-hmm. and then after that but yeah just even even looking at some of the stuff there's confusion at the beginning of the year you know you're getting tickets you know to the game mm-hmm. and then the tickets are being their taxable income to you yeah. if the stadium sold out because they're saying, okay, they could have, the club could have taken that ticket and sold it to someone else instead they're giving this ticket to you for you to give mm-hmm. to your family but if the game's not sold out then the ticket's not taxable because the next ticket that club would have sold mm-hmm. would have been one of the other empty seats mm-hmm. and so it's just like an interesting wow. like there's, so even within like just getting tickets for your you know, family to come to the game, there's tax nuances to that as well
1: I legitimately could sit here and talk with with you about this for hours this is like <laughs> i know i don't know how many like listeners out there find like the intricacies of professional sports business like that mm. listenable but that that is fascinating i would have never thought of that as being something and that
0: they, you have to they do get returns through. in for every for every road game for every location that you play in that the team plays in, yes you know? every
2: location you play in they're saying okay that's where you're earning your money is mm. which is which is fair you know because that's you're playing in Dallas, or I guess Texas doesn't have state income tax, mm-hmm. um, but you're playing in, you know, Chicago and Illinois. So mm-hmm. like now you your, when I get your return mm-hmm. at the end of the year, mm-hmm. there's an Illinois withholdings and there's mm-hmm. an amount that says, okay, you made th- this much in Illinois, and still you get the majority of your earnings in Missouri, mm-hmm. but you have all these different, you know, mm-hmm. state returns and state withholdings as well.
0: Yeah, so you'll have what have a game in the state of Washington coming up this week, and you right. Have, Utah and uh, yeah, Texas, which obviously wouldn't count, and and Portland, yeah, and Oregon. So,
2: yeah. yeah. So I had twelve states last year from MLS Next Pro, and so I'll see how many
1: will be this God. year. And then you'll have to go Kansas City, and that's not even Missouri. That'll be in Kansas. Yeah, imagine. yeah.
2: So
0: you'll get the Kansas one as well, <laughs> oh, just, my gosh. just over the border. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Kansas City. <laughs> if only. If only. Um, well. Gosh, but between dairy farming and uh, taxes and soccer, we've covered a wide array, and, and just being Canadian. Yes. Uh, that we, uh, We've covered <laughs> a wide range of topics here. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to sit with us and, uh, and chat, and uh, we appreciate it. Thank yeah. you very much. No, I enjoyed
2: thank it. You. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Carter.